0: Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, uh, and it's been a while since I've said that, so welcome back to everyone. Uh, this episode that you're about to listen to was actually recorded ages ago. I just, with the election and everything that happened, I just didn't have a chance to edit it and record it and release it, so I'm going to do it now, Once while we're all at home and not... You know, un- unable to go out anywhere, so I've got some time now to do some editing. Uh, so um, I've actually got some new episodes coming out as well, so I'm teeing up some more interviews with more politicians, and now that I've actually run an election, I feel like I've got, um, like, a new perspective on what these people have to go through to get into their positions. Well, not to get into their positions, because I lost, but you know what I mean. So, um, and I'm not really going to talk about my experience, um, not yet anyway. I'm planning on doing a episode with some other candidates who were unsuccessful, so we can talk about how you know how we think the process went and what we think we could do better. Um, this episode that you're going to listen to features Duncan Pegg, who is the Queensland MP for Stratton. He's also a member of the Labor Party, um, and I can't remember the whole. Uh, conversation because I haven't, I haven't edited it yet. I'm recording this before I edit, um, but I remember really, um, really enjoying the episode. And um, Duncan's a really cool MP and uh, obviously very dedicated to his community. And so it was really cool to hear about the things that he's been working on. And um, you know, a lot of things have happened since since this. So, you know some things might have changed here and there, but you know, his dedication to his Area obviously hasn't. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Duncan, since since we recorded that, um, he's been diagnosed with cancer. So he's going through cancer treatment, and is also obviously in that sort of vulnerable category with the coronavirus going around. So we kind of, I just want to wish him all the best if he's listening. I hope he's well, because um, you know, probably drives you a bit mad having to stay at home when you want to be out in the community. So I just wish him all the best. Um, the future episodes that you listen to will be recorded via Skype or Zoom or something, just so that, you know, I'm not meeting face to face with politicians at the moment, just with everything going around. And, uh, yeah, but I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, make sure you like, subscribe and share, particularly subscribe because there'll be new episodes coming out soon. Um, I might even put some old episodes that I haven't released yet up, just like this one. So Yeah, I really hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and today I'm joined by Duncan Pegg, the member for Stratton. How are
1: you? I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out to Sunnybank Hills. Uh, Well, let's start with
0: Stratton itself. Um, Can you give us an idea of of, uh, where it is and what it's like?
1: Sure. So I've lived in the local area for over 20 years. So Stretton's located on the outer south side of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So Sunnybank Hills, Roncorn, Carribee, uh, half of Callanvale, Stretton, obviously, uh, Drewvale, uh, a small bit of Browns Plains, mm-hmm. and Karawatha as well. So uh, probably the most one of the most interesting things about the electorate of is it's the most multicultural electorate in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: So um, I guess having all those, you know, bunch of different cultures makes it makes it quite a diverse electorate when you move around it a lot do you like um is that something that's interests you about the electorate
1: yeah well i think um so Stratton has the largest number of people born overseas of any electorate in queensland and also the largest number of people uh speaking language other than english at home of any electorate in queensland so everybody knows it's got some of the best food in, in Queensland a great place to go and visit and it's also a great place of cultural celebration so it's multicultural month at the moment in August so there's always a lot happening here at all times but particularly at the moment
0: and you mentioned you you know you've did you uh, grow up in the area lived in the area for a while
1: uh, I've lived in I've lived in the area for over 20 years I didn't grow up here I was
0: born in Townsville okay cool um, and so is that what you to to run for Stratton or um... I guess, you know, normally how this podcast starts is sort of like, where did your interest in politics begin? So what kind of got you involved initially with, I guess, with the Labor Party?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I've lived in this area since I moved here when I was 17 Mm -hmm. to study university. So I was born in Townsville and did my schooling in Rockhampton. I went to state schooling. Um, I studied down the road at Griffith University, so... Studied law. Oh, great! Fantastic. (laughs) It's good to good to know we've got that in common. I so I studied law and uh, law and commerce at Griffith University, and then I went into the legal profession for quite a number of years before I was elected to Parliament. So, um, the reason I ran for Parliament was twofold. Uh, Firstly, um, having lived in this local area, I didn't think there was enough being done to improve. Our local community so a big part of that is obviously there's been tremendous growth in this area since i've lived here and you know even before that and and more recently and there wasn't um the investment in roads and infrastructure to match match that growth which i thought was important and then the second reason i ran was i didn't think the state was i didn't think the Newman government was doing the right thing by queensland and the future of queensland so they're probably the, the two things I, that inspired me to run. It is quite
0: interesting. I, you know, I don't, um, like I said before we start recording, I don't like to pit parties against each other too yeah, often, sure. but um, it is kind of a common theme that, not just in the Labour Party, but some Greens people have spoken to as well, that, that sort of, those sort of Newman years got them a lot more activated in their political lives. Do you think it's just because having one party that has so many seats? Because I think the Labour Party had... They had seven at the 2012 election and then they gained some in by-elections. Do you think one party with so much power kind of, you know, it kind of goes to their heads a bit too much?
1: Uh, Look, I think the reason the the Newman government uh, is fairly universally considered to not be a great one. I'm trying to put this as kindly yeah. as I <laughs> no, can. No, you're, right, you're um, right, I'm quite a strong <laughs> critic of the new government. I, I don't think that the majority was the only reason yeah. uh, they didn't do a good job. I, I think that's probably part of it, but I don't think it's the only reason because when you look at the Beatty years and the Beatty governments, which people universally, uh, you know, there's always going to be some critics, but I think people looking back think a lot got done. Um... Peter Betty had pretty sizable majorities in those years as well. Um, not quite as big as the new year. So I, I think that's probably part of it, but I don't think it's the only thing. Yeah,
0: And also, I, I guess our system is one house, so a majority is really... Once you have a one-seat majority, you're kind of in charge anyway. So the, the Labour Party in charge at the moment, you'd want to avoid laying that power go to your head as well. Yeah, abs- ab-
1: absolutely. And I think any um, political party that allows that to happen is going to get themselves into trouble. And yeah. um, there's been examples of that, not just in Queensland, but interstate and overseas as well.
0: Um, and when you were first you know, campaigning in 2015, obviously, um, like, like we've said, there was quite a majority that you were up against. What was that um, experience like campaigning for the first time?
1: Uh, so I first ran in 2012. Oh, really? So I had that experience. Yeah, <laughs> no, a lot of people don't know. That's 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 fine, and um, now your listeners know that as well. Uh, so I, I first ran in uh, 2012. So I guess I had that experience mm-hmm. um, going to the 2015 election. Um, but I, I enjoy campaigning, so I enjoy talking to people. So uh, both times I ran, uh, I enjoyed doing it. The, the feeling was different in 2015. And, <laughs> 2012 obviously there's um, there's no way around that so what what had happened was um, there was a long term Labor member Stephen Robertson he retired mm-hmm. ahead of the 2012 election I was lucky enough to get the support of branch members to enter that election and I got it again in 2015 so the feeling was really good on the ground but um, obviously uh, we knew it was a tough election and we had a lot of uh, ground to make up and we were really really lucky that uh, we got the support of people of Queensland and then uh, obviously in late 2017 we got that support again and when you were
0: elected obviously you know you get to go into parliament the yeah. first time what what's that experience like getting to
1: sit in parliament with all of your colleagues <laughs> I well I think when you first go into parliament you're really um cognizant of the responsibility that you've got because you've got to stand up for your local area because if if you don't um there's all other MPs representing other areas, right? So first and foremost, the role of any MPs to stand up for their community. So that's your job and that's what, you know, the people have elected you to do and rightfully expect. So I think it's a responsibility that you're the person in there representing your electorate and you've got to do the best job that you can at all times. And because I think some people,
0: you know, some people who listen might kind of forget that because, you know, you kind of get lumped with the Labor or the Liberals and so um is it difficult to represent like because I guess you'll have your internal party debates first and then you've got to take things into Parliament um do you find it um still quite easy to put the people of Stratton first or do you how how does that
1: play in your mind yeah yeah absolutely so if um there's something in the electorate needs um you know, I always engage with the relevant ministers um, to get it done, and most of the time we can. Obviously, um, like like any government, you're running within the financial um, strictures that you have. Yeah. There's not an endless supply of um, funding, um, but that's what every government faces. But obviously, particularly with the um, prevailing economic conditions we've got in Australia and worldwide at the moment. But um, you no, know, I've found I've been able to work yeah constructively with the government. In the best interests of my constituents.
0: And then obviously, there's probably a lot of things that you want to get done over your career or for your community. Um, how do you go about sort of prioritising? Do you have sort of some sort of uh, philosophical approach or just criteria that you use to judge legislation and what you'll support? And, you know, sort of how do you approach things that come across, uh, whether it's through the party room or in Parliament?
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I came to Parliament, so I'm one of. Um, five five boys so I had triplet brothers um, you know I grew up uh, went to school you know during that um, time in the 80s during during the recession um, you know I was lucky uh, you know my father's you know had a, had a job throughout that time um, but also understood t- t- times were tough um, there wasn't um, a heap of spare money at, at my place with five kids one income and a mortgage and obviously um, a lot of people in that situation at that time, and still are, and a lot of people in worse situations. So, I always come to looking at things through what can we do to um, help people and to give people opportunities. And I've seen in my own life in terms of you know the, the power of education. So, of my brothers, you know, I got into law and now lucky enough to be in politics. I've got a brother who's a doctor, accountant, journalist, and uh, what. My youngest brother's in the Air Force, so I've seen the transformational power of education and you know, even um, most recently when we've announced free TAFE for under-21s, so I just think that's really fantastic to give people an opportunity. So I I always come up policy prescriptions. What can we do to give people opportunities and what can we do to help people out in there and as well? I guess from the sounds of it, it's sort of like,
0: you know, trying to create pathways for people to get the most out of their lives, I
1: guess. It's, yeah, absolutely. And and if we do that, we all benefit from it because um, the more productive society we have, um, the better for everyone. And you obviously see that in what you do as well. Yeah, of course,
0: yeah. Um, uh, now, obviously, um, you know, working in Parliament, like like I suppose I was saying before we started, people see question time, people see, um, you know, bits on the news or in the media of, politicians kind of uh, the more combative side of politics i guess is is what people see uh in parliament when you're working with people across the chamber because you've got committees and you know you have to work with you have to work with the opposition i guess um is it really that negative is it or Mm -hmm. is it a much more positive working
1: environment uh i think generally it can be constructive particularly on committees so i'm the head of the Innovation, uh, Tourism, Development and Environment Committee. So there's three government MPs, there's two opposition MPs and there's an independent member. So we try to work together as constructively as we can. Obviously, there's always going to be some policy differences. Um, I'd say most people adopt that attitude. Um, I'll be honest, without naming names, uh, (laughs) there's been people in the opposition who don't adopt that Attitude, and so um, it was interesting for me, particularly when I was first elected, to to, to work all that out. So, um, frankly, not everyone's prepared to work constructively, but you know, most most are generally speaking.
0: Yeah. So, uh, is that kind of committee process a way to, I guess, neutralise or like make things a bit more balanced? Then, because you know, if you've got three government MPs and three other MPs, yeah. it kind of makes things. You know, stops you from just doing whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, is, does that help?
1: Well, I think I think the committee process, when it's working properly, mm-hmm. um, is really important uh, place to review legislation and also for some oversight within the Queensland Parliament. And obviously, as you mentioned, we don't have an an upper house, so I think the committee system, as it's currently working does that and provides those opportunities um as i understand it it hasn't always been as robust as it is in the current parliament and was in the last parliament so hopefully you know the way it's set up continues to prevail into the future
0: and i suppose the other benefit of that is not just the fact that you know, you've got different parties in those committees but people from various different locations as well so yeah i guess you know you're down here and the southeast corner, yeah. but if you have someone from North Queensland as well, it kind of brings everything together. Well,
1: interestingly, I'm the only MP from Brisbane on my committee. Oh, yeah. So um, we had a teleconference recently, and um, it was on the show holiday because it was – we decided to on the show holiday because I was happy to do the teleconference then, and none of my other colleagues wasn't a holiday, obviously, <laughs> and anywhere else. So I said, oh, happy to, happy to um, do the teleconference on the show holiday. So, yeah, it's important to have – A geographical spread particularly when you're talking about um, tourism and the environment because obviously um, particularly in North Queensland and far North Queensland that's a that's something that's really front of mind yeah because policy sense yeah
0: they'd have a lot of people from you know down here going up there for holidays as well Mm. (laughs) so
1: yeah absolutely
0: now if we talk about things you've managed to do for your electorate now, like you mentioned, you've been here two terms and, you know, hopefully a third yeah. um, after the next October's election. Uh, what have been some some highlights for you? So whether it's something that, you know, you've been working really hard for to get done in Stratton or, I guess, um,
1: across the state as well. Yeah, sure. So maybe to start start with the, the local stuff. Yeah. Uh, so last Monday... Uh, The Premier officially opened uh, what was called the Logan Enhancement Project, but um, most of it was based here in this electorate. So um, it was a $512 million project, so um, pretty much the biggest infrastructure project we've ever had in my local area uh, ever. And what it meant, as I spoke to you earlier about um, one of the challenges with growing suburbs like uh, those in Stratton, which a lot of it used to be farmland or Mm -hmm. um, effectively vacant, fields is that um, getting to where you need to go and road congestion is a real issue because whether you're getting to the city or getting on the on the gateway motorway the Logan motorway so um, what we've achieved uh, with that is um, you're able to go on the gateway motorway going southbound off Mm -hmm. Compton Road Um, prior to that you could only go northbound so you had to go all the way around Um, We've upgraded Wembley Road, so it's easy to go along there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a there's a suburb in my electorate called uh, Drewville, and uh, the way it was designed, their main access for a road out didn't have a dedicated left turn, so yeah. you had to wait at the lights. Um, so massive queues at the lights in Pico every morning. Dedicated left hand turn there, and the other big thing was getting an underpass from Bo Road onto the Logan Motorway because people were effectively having to turn against three lanes of oncoming traffic at 80 right. kilometres per hour. So we fixed that as well. Um, plus we got... Uh, there's a green bridge as part of it, um, which is great near the Stretton State College uh, for Karawatha Forest. So huge, huge win for the local community. And it pretty much the sort of conception and design started um, just after I was elected. So from my perspective, fantastic to see that go through to fruition and, you know, huge win for our local community. Uh, The other big thing that's particularly pronounced at the moment, a lot of the school infrastructure. So um, at the moment, there is, um, I'm probably understating it, there's at least $40 million worth of school construction projects underway. So we've got um, closer to 50 million. I don't like <laughs> Good, Precise figure off the top of my head. So right. we've got a new performing arts centre at Straton State College um, on the senior campus, across the road to junior campus, new classrooms, new classrooms about to get underway at Sunnybank Hill State School, uh, Runcorn Heights State School. We've got new classrooms being built there, new outdoor learning centre at Curribie State School and some improvements for uh, Curribie Special School as well. So really, really proud of that. As well, um, the probably um, you know one of the other things I talked about multiculturalism. Um, we're really lucky to have uh, one of the most multicultural communities, or the most multicultural community, I should say, in Queensland. But sometimes that comes with challenges. So, for instance, um, you know at the Caribbean Mosque, we had that self-proclaimed pastor turn up there, filming, um, causing problems. Um, we've had you know. A few attacks on the uh, Islamic College of Brisbane as well so um, you know working with the community to overcome those challenges has been important and one of the things I'm really proud to have played a small part uh, of was uh, Hazem Hamouda he was a local here in Caribbean he was um, incarcerated for no reason in Ipswich for uh, sorry, in Egypt for over a year so I helped to public publicize that earlier in the year and He's back in our community with his family, which is fantastic.
0: It must feel like, um, well, I guess maybe you can tell us. How, how does it feel when you you know, drive through your electorate and you see all these changes? So, you know, better roads and you just, you know, obviously get to do school visits probably yeah. quite quite often. So how does it actually, like, make you feel to see all these, like, actually physical changes in your community?
1: Yeah, it's, fa- it's fantastic, yeah. So and it's good to see things improving and I think... You can't, um, things just can't stand still. So you've always got to continually find ways of improving things and making, better, making things better. And obviously, you know, I'm part of the innovation committee. Technology improves as well. So um, the way you do things now compared to what you do uh, 20, 30 years ago. Is it kind of
0: like, um, you know, you don't want to really kind of like dwell on the stuff that you've done too much because there's still heaps to do so is it always like looking to the next thing like you get that road fixed yeah. and then you're like what's next Yeah, yeah, and, that, next and, that, and, that, and that's things? part of it and so the
1: the thing I'm working on at the moment in terms of local infrastructure besides, besides all those school projects that are underway is fixing, getting some new bus stops along Gowan Road upgrading some of them and also extending the route of the 130 bus because there's a Big retirement, a state in my electorate that doesn't have a bus after seven thirty AM out the front. Right. Um, so I, I've highlighted that recently on Facebook. Um, I went with one of the local residents to show how long it actually takes him to get the bus by walking, and uh, got quite a big reaction. So I'm working on that at the moment, and um, I think we'll have some good news coming soon. Oh, cool! And so I guess that also that that kind of level
0: of work also involves you then working with other levels, because that's probably something that you have to work with local government with as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: there's, there's there's some collaboration with local government on it, yeah. And so what's,
0: um, like, that? because obviously you also have to work up oh, to federal and with local. So yeah. what's that like working across different levels of government?
1: Uh, it depends. So it's probably, it's probably similar to uh, what I said about, so all the councillors I've ever worked with from BCCM, members of the LNP. Okay. Um, so to put that in perspective, and there's two federal members in my electorate who are uh, Labor Party, yep. so Grant Perrin and Jim Chalmers. Yep. So uh, when it comes to working across government, I think you should put your politics at the door and if you work in the best interests of the community, everyone should be able to work together. And yep. as a general proposition, uh, that does prevail, but I had huge problems with the council during this project when they closed a major street in my electorate called Iluwina Street for no no reason. And so we ran a huge community campaign and protests. Um, The council lied and said that engineers told them to close it. Um, Well, well, they said they had senior council officer advice to close it. In the end, uh, with my background as a solicitor, I RTI'd um, all the documentation, uh, which took me about a year because the council fought me every step of the way and, in fact... um, I was able to prove that no council officer authorised the closure of Illawen Street. It was done by the local councillor. Um, so, you know, that that's a egregious example of things going things yeah. going bad. Yeah. Um, ge- generally, um, councillors want to work constructively, but it doesn't always happen.
0: Yeah, well, I guess it would make sense that they would want to work constructively because
1: otherwise, it just looks bad for them. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it, it looked pretty bad for this councillor in the end.
0: Um, um, so. Yeah, anyway, um, so if people were, like, I guess, talking about, I guess, some of the things that, you know, you mentioned how multicultural Stratton is and um, the suburbs and sort of getting around. If people live in Southeast Queensland or they're visiting Brisbane for whatever reason, um, what are some reasons to come to Stratton? So what are some things they could do or places to visit?
1: Yeah, so fantastic. So many people come for the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, Sunnybank Food Trail, uh, which which happens uh, yearly. So you see a lot of people um, come from all around Brisbane to enjoy our local restaurants and uh, cuisine. And I always say you can eat your way around the world in Stratton. <laughs> so a lot of people come to enjoy to do that. Um, we've also got the Carawatha Forest, which is effectively the the biggest remnant um, natural reserve in. Brisbane. So um, lots of nature trails, uh, bushwalking, natural fauna and flora, so a lot of people. And the Discovery this is Discovery Centre as well, Yeah, uh, which is really, really good and a great space for um, children and young people as well. So we've got that. And then uh, the other big thing that happens is we've got a lot of cultural celebrations, so a lot of different things happening, whether it be Chinese Lunar New Year, mm-hmm. Um Graham oh, parrot mentioned that one. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, um, you know, um, Eat Down Under happens, which mm-hmm. is the big celebration for the end of the Ramadan. Happens in my electorate. Um, I've got the Korean Society of Queensland is now based in this electorate, and they hold some really nice events. Um, you know, so if you like Korean barbecue, it's definitely um, or big bibimbaps, um, uh, lots of fun. So lots of um, really great cultural celebrations that happen throughout the year so um at the moment the, the moon festival is coming up so there's plenty of moon cakes going around i'll have to give you one before you go <laughs> um and for people who are you know if they
0: live in the area or they want to keep up to date with what you're doing uh, how can they do that on are you on social i think you're on social media yeah yeah.
1: yeah so i'm active on Facebook, Twitter, WeChat, Instagram. I've also got a website as well. Um, I put out regular newsletters, not just online, but I, I do them in hard copy as well mm-hmm. because I think it's important to recognise that while many of us are online, not, not everybody is. Yeah. But I think one of the great things with the advancement of technology is um, you can be a lot more accessible to people in a way that uh, members of parliament couldn't be before. So it's not all about sitting at your desk and writing letters. Yeah. Um, like it was you know in the past and you've also got more mediums to um, speak to people and communicate
0: I did it often like um, I've had other people on the show that I've asked um, you know, about how people interact with you and like because I guess people sometimes are a bit more brutal online do you find or do you yeah. find that it's you, know, it's you know not as negative as you know people might think?
1: Look, I think it is probably easy for, easy for people to be more critical online. I think it's the nature of the, the format. Um, I think that's that's undeniable. Having, having said that, I think most people are um, pretty reasonable and even when uh, people are critical, they're at least trying to come from a constructive place. Or a yeah, passionate pa- place. Yeah, a pa- passionate place. And yeah. you know, not everybody agrees on everything. So sometimes there'll be legitimate differences of opinion and I think we've got to acknowledge that. It'd be pretty boring if everybody agreed all the time. Right.
0: Yeah. Well I guess, you know, politics online is probably a whole podcast in itself. But um obviously um you can't be an MP forever. Um so you know, hopefully by retirement, not not by losing the election or anything. Um after your time in Parliament is over, what kind of legacy would you have hoped to have left behind? Like whether it's in Stratton or across all of Queensland?
1: Yeah, well, I'd, I'd hope I've made my local community a better place, mm-hmm. and contributed to the development of making Queens, Queensland a better place. And I think, um, you know, that's that's what should drive everybody in terms of making a contribution. And I think the reality is um, when you look at um, people's time in politics, whether it's by their choice or not, mm-hmm. um, you know, you having shorter careers in politics, which may not necessarily be a bad thing because it allows people to who've got experience to come in or people to make a contribution and then make contributions in other ways. Mm-hmm. But I'd hope that that's what um, people would say. I, I remember when Wayne Goss um, stepped down as Premier, he said, um, you know, thank you, Queensland, you've been good to me. I hope I've left you a better place. So I think you can't ask for a better legacy than that. And just lastly... Um, if there's people who are listening who, you know,
0: maybe they're considering getting more involved, like maybe join the party or you know, they, they want to run eventually themselves, but they kind of see, like we spoke before, the negativity, yeah. what would you say to sort of, what, what should they do? Should they, you know, should they join up or yeah. is it all... Horrible, and they shouldn't get involved at all. Or, like, what what would you say to someone yeah. who's considering getting more involved in politics?
1: Yeah, well, look, um, there's inherent there's inherent cynicism about politics, and to to an extent, I get that. And part of it, we talked about social media. I think that's a factor in the polarization of politics, and I think um, the way the media has changed as well has made it tougher for long form journalism in the way that it was traditionally done. Uh, under the traditional media model. So I think all of those things have, um, you know, I guess could uh, lead to greater cynicism and people to being disengaged. But the reality is if you don't get involved, um, you can't make a change. And um, part, part of that can be joining a political party, which is great. I mean, I always like to see people join the Labor Party, but it can be in other ways too. You can have an influence on the policy process, not just joining political parties but if people aren't actively engaged in politics um, i think that only leads to worse outcomes so yeah
0: well i guess um yeah i guess like you said the best way to if you think it's all doom and gloom the best way to make a change is to get involved yeah and i i (laughs) I think i
1: think finally probably one of the you know when you're lucky enough to be Elected to parliament, you're in a really privileged position, mm. and one of the real privileges of being elected is you get to see that there's so many people doing good things in society um, who are quiet about it. They're mm. not looking for publicity; they're just looking to make a contribution. Whether it's the you know the men's shed helping out um, children with disability, or what the Lions clubs do, and you know my Lions club for instance, there's guys who are effectively working full time in a volunteering capacity, or you go out to autism queensland and see what they're doing to make a lot of um, families lives better Um, so there's so many great things happening and um, but obviously great stories don't necessarily uh, come to prominence more than than bad ones inherently so i think you do get to see how many fantastic people there are doing great things that aren't looking for publicity they're just looking to make a contribution um I will put in the episode
0: description sort of where people can find you, yeah, and also sure. some of the things that you mentioned to do in Stratton and yep. some of the community groups as yeah, well. Great. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and discussing your wonderful electric.
1: No worries. Thanks, Matt. And thanks for thanks for coming to Stratton today.